give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Yes, yeah, your boy Burying the Smarks. You are now tuned in to Burying the Smarks podcast. Today I got a really special guest on my show. As always, I would like to introduce the editor-in-chief and the co-host of the Women's Wrestling Talk, Dreon. Hey. Hey. What's going, what's going on? on? How you doing today? How are you? I'm good. All right. So you ready <laughs> like to... We're and all that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's been a long time coming. Um, before we recorded, we spoke about, you know, um, the timing being right and just a bunch of other things came in the way. So we really couldn't get the episode out. But today is the day and we're going to have some fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So first of all, um, for those who may not know you, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So like I said, my name is Adrian uh, Santana. I am the editor-in-chief. And I host over at Women's Wrestling Talk. I normally handle a lot of the writing side of things. So, like, the content on the website and, like, social media, that's normally where I handle things at outside of hosting, like, Monday Night Raw post-show, uh, Impact Wrestling post-show, and then SmackDown post-show. But also I, I do some of the um, pay-per-view post-shows, too. So sometimes you'll find me on there. Um, and that's, that's pretty much about it. The normally what I kind of do, I kind of started over into the wrestling field, like two years ago to say, uh, so I'll be coming up two years at being at women's wrestling talk and being the editor in chief and being a host as well. I came from more of the music and entertainment side before I kind of switched over into the wrestling journalistic field and media and stuff. So I'm, I'm still a little new here. Not too many people know who I am, but I, I feel like I'm making my round. All right, that's that's a that's a very impressive resume you got there. So uh, let's talk about you said you coming from the music industry. What were you doing in the music industry? Uh, so I was more so of like my background is journalism. I went to uh, college and got a degree in uh, journalism. So I started out working for various different publications uh, where it was like music, entertainment, television, film. Um, I was writing for like Hip Hop Weekly, The Source, Ball Alert. Uh, neighborhood talk your girl tv it's a lot of different publications that my name is up under a byline for that i've written for or like there's some interviews with like tyrese and like um blair underwood uh salt and pepper um method man the list goes on and on like i have a, a very long extensive resume on that side of the field uh so like i did a lot of things there and even dabbling to like radio so like i i do like um a weekly show um, on air and yeah that's a, pretty much about it for on that side of things so yeah well, that's that's amazing it's, it's it's dope to hear that that you've uh, crossed over from music into wrestling so you did mention you've yeah. been doing this for about two years now so are you been a fan of wrestling for two years or you've been working in the field for two years when it comes to wrestling i've been working in the field i've been a wrestling fan since i was a child like wrestling is like my first love um i was born around like the of course the attitude era of things and progressing over to like the ruthless aggression and so on and so forth so i've been watching wrestling since i was a child i got into it because of my family they were big on watching wrestling and um having like live watch parties like people used to come over to our house and they would we would watch wrestling like either the pay-per-views like the weekly shows 
But of course, me being a child at the time, I like to go to bed at like a certain at a certain time. But I was so a temper tantrum so that I can stay up and watch like the closing marks of it because a lot of things happen at the closing end of Monday Night Raw. Like you cannot miss that. You don't know how many stunners the Rock is going to take and how many times he's going to flip over inside the ring. You know, so like you can't miss those moments to not be able to talk about that with your friends at school the next day. Yeah, that's that's definitely the the Vince the Vince Russo era. Um, you know. Making mm-hmm. sure you're you're <laughs> watching the show the entire time from eight to eleven or eight to right. ten, and keeping the best parts to the end of the show. So that's definitely a Vince Russo era, you know. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds really good. So was it a hard transition from music to wrestling, or was it like just a, a, a was it an easy transition? Um, for me, I think it was. I think it was pretty easy. A little bit. It was more so just. You know, feeling like if this is something that I want to, like, truly dabble into because coming from the music side of things, things were pretty simple, easy, sometimes straight to the point. Sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes you have your days. But transition over into the wrestling side of media, um, when I, you know, I looked around to try to see, like, okay, are there any wrestling publications? Like, I never knew that there were any wrestling publications that strictly talk about just wrestling itself. Um, so when I kind of started to venture out and like do some research to see if they had any, I stumbled across a few, but none that like really caught my attention until I kind of started with um, women's wrestling talk to say, like they, they really caught my, my eye in wanting to be work with a publication that not only talks about women, but is ran by a woman. That's 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 awesome. Um, you know, um, I myself, when I was uh, younger, I didn't really keep up with like the uh, media side of wrestling or like the yeah. hmm, how can I uh, or like what's the backstage stuff. Like I was more more concerned and more like focused on like the ring stuff, like the storylines and the character developments. Um, and with your background yeah. in journalism, coming into wrestling media for music. Um, how do you feel about the other journalists out there that cover wrestling and how they cover it? Is it something that you say like, all right, that's a decent job they're doing? Or you feel like sometimes they, uh, you know, could, you know, like clickbait a lot of, a lot of like the stories. How do you look at that? Uh, some of them can be uh, clickbait in a sense because a lot a lot of those who are over on the wrestling media side, some of them I don't even look at as journalists. I look at them as just reporters. There are those who, you know, grab information as much as they can and they report on the information that's been provided to them. Whether it's supposed to be off the record or not, you just have some who want to, you know, do whatever they can to allow other people to have their throw in their own opinions about stuff and i just feel like in a sense with that a lot of them just don't have that journalistic uh background they're just there's just a bunch of reporters or just a bunch of people who got into this field and just to say that you know what i'm going to wake up i'm going to get on a podcast or i'm going to you know start a youtube channel and talk about wrestling uh because not only just because i like it but i also want to dive into this field build a relationship with wrestlers but also trash them at the same time too so like it's a, it's really coming over here. It, it 
is is not it's not any different than being over on the music side because I feel like everybody normally end up doing the same thing. And sometimes they can be detrimental and, and that's what I wanted to not do for women's rest and talk, especially with our writers. I don't want anything to be clickbait. I don't want anyone to feel like our headline is misleading to the point where we're getting backlash because somebody only read the headline and didn't go read the full story. Mm. That's that's facts. You know, um, you know, just to stick on the just to the subject of wrestling media, I feel like um, in the last ten mm-hmm. years since like, well, no, not maybe like the, the like the last six seven years, wrestling media has really pitted wrestling fans against each other, and company versus yeah. company. Um, I think if whether you're a reporter or a wrestling journalist or even um I hate to say this but even a wrestling influencer because influencing mm-hmm. now has taken a big part of wrestling and people tend to go by what other people tell them to like or or you know they just go by other people's opinions without really watching the show itself and I feel like wrestling journalism has really like kind of fucked up the wrestling fan base it has pitted everybody against each other um when I was younger, you know, I had friends who enjoyed WCW and I was a big WWE fan, but it never came to the point where it was more like friendly competition. Like, yo, this match was better on Nitro than it was on Raw. It was never, it never got personal. Like, well, fuck you because you like this company or no one was speaking ill of the company promoter, you know, to defend them or defend themselves because right. they liked the show. So I feel like wrestling journalists in general had just kind of fucked up the fan base and wrestler wrestling fans can't think for themselves anymore when they want to use an opinion as a fact they'll use a wrestling journalist's opinion and present it as a fact because they agree with that person i just think it's all fucked up all around it is because it's some effect of like i don't a lot of people are not wrestling fans i just say that a lot of people are they just the whole situation, like, of course, I know, like, with, with AEW and, like, WWE, of course. You know how, you know, you have your WWE fans, you have your AEW fans. You have people who talk trash about WWE as if they didn't grow up watching the same damn company for all these years until mm-hmm. a new one came along and they trashed them. You know, so it's like, and then you have other people who go into having those relationships with not only company but some of the wrestlers, too, and be forgetting that at the end of the day, you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Like you, you like you came out being a fan, and and I think I think a lot of that, at least I think in a lot of cases, I don't resonate with a lot of some of the other people who are a part of the wrestling community or wrestling media because of the simple fact that I look at myself as being a fan in general. Like I have no, I may know or see some wrestlers that I may know about, but at the end of the day, I'm a fan, mm-hmm. and if there's something that I don't like, I don't like it, and. It has nothing to do if we have a personal relationship or not. I did not like it. I, I'm not feeling your character right now. I think I'm not feeling, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to do new in the ring. I'm not really feeling it. It's not. It's not making me feel like I should care or anything like that. Yet, or if there's something happening within the company, I'm not going to sit here and say that or like bite my tongue because I'm building a relationship with them. At the end of the day. In order to build relationships with people, you have to be transparent. You have to be honest. Of course. Forget if that message up your opportunity. Of course. You got to stay true to yourself and just be honest, you know, and not kiss so much ass. You know, I think a little bit ass kissing is all right when, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, what it's okay. But, like, as far as, like, lining yourself just to, you know, get the best opportunity, it just kind of fucks you over in the long run, you know? 
And it does a, because you end up getting something that you don't want, and then then you're upset. Yeah, and there's a lot of that going around, and like I hate using the term IWC, but there's a lot of that going around mm-hmm. in the IWC. Uh, you know, a lot of like bias, you know, and ass kissing and favoritism and stuff like that. And I think it sends the mm-hmm. wrong message to other fans because, you know, like for example, there's a lot of people who are trying to find their way in like wrestling media. A lot of people don't know where to start, you know, and they just kind of mirror what they see other wrestling influencers or journalists do. In reality, that's not them. They just trying to get a, uh, you know, they're trying to get like a, a fan base off of someone, like be mirroring somebody else. And I just think it's all fucked up all around. Like just stay mm-hmm. true to yourself and eventually it'll pay off in the long run, you know. But um, yeah. yeah, I also noticed that you're, you're like a photographer. Um, f- I, I think you have a photographer's page, right, on Instagram, or I think you're either you incorporated into your main page, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, I have. All right, so yeah, I, I basically. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just made it my main page. That's all. So you're you're. I noticed you are you're a lot at the the impact tapings and. Um, you have some great shots of these wrestlers. Uh, I've noticed that wrestlers were like uh, repost pictures you've taken them in the ring and pictures you might have taken them, you know, in social in social places. How how does that feel for you? Uh, first, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it feels great in a sense. Like to me, it sometimes it it feels unreal. The fact that you know wrestlers i know they get tagged in so many different things there's so many amazing photographers um that that i've seen and stuff like that and to have other wrestlers not only like sometimes make their profile pictures my pictures that i've taken or use my photo to you know you know send out or give to other you know what they do like for merchandise or autographs and stuff like that like somebody is having a photo that I've taken autographed by the wrestler that I've taken at like conventions and stuff like that. And they can go hang them on their walls and everything like that too. Or like if they repost it or if they come in or, you know, different things like that. It's a great moment because like I I just recently started. So like, not like with photography wise, but like taking like pictures of wrestlers. I've been doing photography since like 2015, but I only did it like on the music side of things. I never like took it seriously. But since I kind of got over here and I'm still learning and adjusting to some of the lighting that these wrestling shows do. And sometimes you don't always get great lighting. You don't always get it. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's still a learning process. I'm, I'm still learning each and every day. And I see a lot of other wrestling photographers who take I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing photos. It's like one day that's going to be me, but I'm going to work on it in my own, at my own pace and everything. So, and as long as the wrestlers do appreciate, you know, the photos that I take, I, that's that's pretty much all that matters to me. Awesome. So when when they repost and and they use your photography for like merch and for posters, do they like DM you and ask you for permission, or do they give you like props? for it or is it just something like you take pictures and then they just take it and do what they want with it uh well no nobody's ever like reached out to me and, and tried to give me any commission or anything like that um it's just 
I just I don't and I don't look for anything either. That's that's kind of like with me. I don't I don't look for anything. I don't I don't look for money to be given to me because they use it for something um, or anything like that. Like no, I don't I don't I just I just take the photos. That's all. I I do it for more so my liking for my to build my own wrestling photography fo- uh, portfolio so that eventually if I wanted to you know, build this portfolio and send it out to other wrestling companies when they may be looking for photographers or get their feedback on what they could be looking for. If they choose to want to bring on more photographers, especially women photographers, a lot of photographers are are men in the first place. You don't see that many women photographers. And so I, I want to be able to be a part of some of the other women photographers that are out here that are getting these opportunities to take pictures at these wrestling shows. And they might be being paid for it and they and they may just be doing it just because they just like to take pictures. So Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what so it started off as like a hobby or and you're just taking it more seriously now or is this something that you always wanted to do and you studied? Uh, well, so it started out as as a hobby, like getting my first camera in like high school and just taking pictures with your friends or whatever versus, you know, a few years later come down and you're getting a, a newer version, a newer camera for like Christmas or something too you know, shoot videos for like YouTube or something and then moving on to learning how to really, really dive in and wanted to um, grow as a photographer. Um, so it's sort of been a hobby, but I'm sort of getting into the mode of taking it seriously. Um, and it's like, just like I said, just to build the, that uh, wrestling uh, portfolio uh, for me to be able to send out to other people. And maybe eventually if they like my work, then maybe they'll want to bring me on to be a photographer. I think that's more so like the end goal for me there um, in regards to on that situation. All right. All right. So um, you said you, men- you mentioned earlier you live in the South, right? Um, are you OK with saying like what yeah. state you live in? I live in Mississippi. All right, so Mississippi. Does Mississippi get a lot of wrestling shows as far as, like, the big three, like Impact, WWE, and AEW? No. Um, like, the only thing that the only thing that Mississippi get is, like, house shows. Like, they just had a house show for AEW last night in, like, Tupelo. So majority of the time I just get, like, a house show for, like, WWE every once in a while. I mean, AEW just kind of made their rounds now, but majority of the house shows that we we just only get house shows, and it's only for WWE. Impact does doesn't come here. I don't think they've ever, ever, ever been here for as long as I've been here. Like I've never, never had an Impact show come here, um, but it's only been like WWE, and it's just a house show like every once every year, basically. All right. So, are there like any indie promotions in Mississippi that you you know you go see, or is you just kind of wait for the big three to come around? Uh, there's a few. I'm, I, and some of them, some of them, I'm just now really knowing about. There is one. Uh, I can't really think of the promotion, but it it happens at the Hideaway. Uh, it's like one of these low, like vibe pipe places. It's very dark on the inside, and sometimes they have like a lot of different wrestling shows uh, happening there. There's some. There was one that I did see that happens in like Richton, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is fairly new to me, but it happens like a high school. Um, and I never, I never, never been to it or anything like that, but I, I've heard about it. So like, but a lot of times I kind of just wait until like WWE say that they're coming to like Mississippi or something. And I just go there for one of their house shows or something like that. 
Yeah, during uh COVID, there wasn't no house shows from anyone. So uh, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just I just had moved to Jersey from like New York. And um yeah. I really wanted to go see some wrestling. So there wasn't any kind of like house shows. So I you know, I started looking into indie promotions and there's like an indie promotion in my area. Um damn it, I don't wanna get the name wrong, but I think it's called E C C W. And it, I got my real first taste of indie wrestling. Like, I lived in New York City my whole life, never. Well, yeah, I attended one indie wrestling company in the Bronx, and they were, it was pretty cool. But um, after I moved, I didn't have anything around. And they were telling me, like, yo, Jersey has a lot of indie shows. And then, um, so such a small world. Um, it's, it's a funny, crazy story. So there's a follower of mine who is an indie wrestler, right? And he he's like, mm-hmm. I love your page. I love everything you do. Like, you're in Jersey, because, you know, I, in, the, in the beginning stages of my wrestling page, like the Bearing Smarts mm-hmm. page, I would uh, tag myself in places, you know? And I don't know why I was doing that, but I was just tagging yeah. myself <laughs> all over the place, Times Square and um, the Bronx, Brooklyn. Where I was, I would tag myself and tag it in the post. So he hit me up in my DMs. He was like, yo, you live in this side of Jersey, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, come check me out, right? And I kid you not. Right. The indie show was like five a five minute drive from my house, so I was like, "Yo, this is crazy!" Wow. So I had to drive up there, and it was like it was awesome. Like you know, I used to clown on the indies a lot, uh, but that first show was like, "Yo, a lot of these people put in so much work and so much, you know, and there's so much passion that goes into and so much work that goes into like producing an indie show." And I think I had one of the best times ever at a wrestling show because it was an indie show. Like I, I was front row, and you know, I met the guy after the show. And, you know, he was really down to earth. And, you know, he was like, yo, next time, whenever we in town, you're, you're, you're good to come. So every time they in town, I would just hit up the shows and hang out with him. And he introduced me to some other wrestlers. And I'm like, yo, this is the shit. Like, I don't know why all these years I was shit on the indies. But I had so much fun that day. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yep. I'm like all about the indies now, you know. So it's just, it's really cool that... <laughs> I don't know why I was shit on it for so many years, but now I'm like, damn man, I was a fucking asshole for that. But it's it's such a good time, you know, such a good time. We're down to earth with the indies, though. Like I, I mean, I think I've only been to. I mean, do we count GCW as an indie show, like indie promotion? Uh, I would, I would. Well, that's I would say that's probably like the first indie show that I ever been to was GCW and that was when I was in um Tennessee for SummerSlam last year. So yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Like being in the indie show, it's like anything goes. I, I I'm here for all of the I like I like a lot of the hardcore type matches. Like I wanna see people get busted open and fires set and people go through there. Like I wanna see all the craziest things that they can do at some of these like indie shows and stuff like that so those are like my favorite i only i've only been to gcw and i'm i'm going to find a way to go back to another one because i i enjoy the gcw i know people you know give them a lot of flack for you know maybe being paid hot dog water or whatever but hey that must be some really good hot dog water because they be going crazy over there no lie <laughs> yeah um i actually had somebody invite me to gcw show uh i think it was this mm-hmm. the beginning of the year or last year and I couldn't make it, um, but I wasn't like pissed. I couldn't make it. I was just like, oh well, next time, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would say I, I was invited to MLW 
um, at the beginning of the year. And mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a fucking dope ass show. Like I had so much fun. Um, it was like a two hour drive because it was in Philly, but it was worth the drive. You know, mm-hmm. um, shout out to my boy Biff. He he bought me in, gave me the VIP treatment. I had so much fun. So uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm big on MLW. Like it's just a lot of wrestling promotions that are not the big three or two that are out there that are really entertaining. And I think like MLW is one of them, you know, and I mean, obviously GCW is too, but um, I don't know. I can't mm-hmm. see my, I can't see myself in one of those shows unless I'm like really drunk. Then I, I might hit it up. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be. Really I drunk think for you that. enjoy yourself at the GCW. I think you enjoy yourself at the GCW show. Like no lie. Yeah, I don't think it's the show itself. I think it's like the vibe. Like like it's the fans there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tend to enjoy myself more when the vibe at a wrestling show is really good. Like you know like. Because sometimes wrestling fans can be really obnoxious, especially when you're at a live show. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes that can ruin your experience. You know, um, like, there was some kind of obnoxious fans at the MLW show, but they kind of, like, toned it down after a while, and I was able to enjoy the rest of the show. Just like when I used to go to WWE show, there was a lot of obnoxious people, but, you know, once you started, I started changing where I sat, the closer I sat to the ring, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the less obnoxious the fans got. <laughs> So I was like, yo, this is where it's at. Like, down here on the floor is where it's fucking at. Like, everybody was just having a good time. All right, so... Yeah, I mean, how can you... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was like, how can you not have a good time, like, sitting on the floor? Like, I only do floor seats. Like, I can't sit back there in the back. I'm I'm here to see a wrestling show, not hear other people cry behind me or whatever. Exactly. Like, I, I swear, like, once... Like, I started moving from, like, the 200 sections... Then to like the 100s, mm-hmm. and then once I got to floor seats, it was a whole different experience. I was like, yo, this yeah. is where it's at. <laughs> like, I'm no longer buying tickets up there. Like, nah, nah, this is where I'm sitting at. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, um, <laughs> so you're you're big into wrestling, and I know you have the whole women's wrestling podcast, right? What are some of your yeah. favorite women wrestling moments in wrestling history? Uh, oh, wow. That's that's so hard I want to say. Like there, there's so many moments that have happened um, in in women's wrestling history. Um, I can I can date back to when uh, China won the uh, Intercontinental Championship, or when Jacqueline won the uh, Cruiserweight uh, title, to be exact. Um, there's two different moments where um, I was introduced to like the four horsewomen. Um, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky, you know, down in NXT, watching a big moment of like Rhea Ripley defeating Shayna Baszler on like the first airing show of NXT. Um, the moments of like May Young Classic, where we got to be introduced to a lot of new women, uh, whether they were a part of Dodie or coming up in the Indies, you got to see a lot of their moments there. Um, even when you think about like fuse with or moments that that Gail Kim and Awesome Kong had together, uh, their feud still to this day is one of, one of the greatest feuds ever uh, to step into Impact Wrestling. Uh, when we move forward into like today's time, I think Nikki James and Deanna Perazzo has one of the greatest feuds ever too. Same thing um, with like Jordan and Deanna too. Like, I think Jordan Grace and Deanna has like their feud is is. Or was amazing, even though Jordan, I think, is going there for impact. Um, 
So like those those moments there are moments where we're having women having like first uh, ever stage steel cage matches and elimination chambers matches, introducing the tag team titles. Um, just it's just it's a lot that goes into it. Having like two um, black women main event WrestleMania, um, it's the, the Royal Rumbles, um, the Six Out of Cage. Like there's there's so many things that have happened that that's like in women's wrestling that I can't just say is like one favorite moment there's this, a plethora of moments and only thing i can say is i'm glad that i was able to be here to be able to witness the decade and the evolution of women's wrestling in general yeah i i gotta agree with you women's wrestling has has came a long way um from one match <laughs> you know or maybe even the bra and panties or like just the way that women were mm-hmm. being presented on television i think it's came a long way yeah um you know, uh, I've had this discussion before with a lot of people. I can't really... It's easy to put the blame on the women for not mm-hmm. delivering in, in their matches and for getting short matches, but I feel like a lot of it, too, falls on the fans because, if, yeah. you know, back in the... Was it Ruthless Aggression? Like, I, I wasn't watching as much during that time. But even in the Attitude Era and New Generation, just to go that far back... You know, fans weren't interested in women's wrestling. So, you know, no. these are companies that go by numbers. So, like, they look at the numbers. Oh, a couple hundred thousand people checked out when women's wrestling was on television. So, they kind of scaled back more on women's wrestling. So, I feel like with the new generation of wrestling fans, they enjoy women's wrestling. So, the numbers go up, more women get screen time, you know more women merchandise sales, more women get presented to television. So I feel like it's like, it goes hand in hand. You know, it's it's on the fans as well to support the women in the ring, but it's also the company that needs to take notice that people want women's wrestling. So it's just crazy to see that from women only having one match on television, now they're having like four or five matches, even four or five matches on WrestleMania. So it's 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 really cool to see mm-hmm. that. You know, like, it's, it's, it's a really good thing to see now. It is because, like, I know, like, there's been plethora of conversation where it's always, oh, the women get one match, or the match is like three to five minutes, or it's a squash match, and everything like that. And it's like, you may, like, and I think a lot of people forget, like, during that time, like, yeah, there were people who were not there to see women wrestle. They were ready to see women strip their clothes off, do bra and panties matches, wedding wild matches, pillow fight matches, all types of things like that. But that's only because they were more focused on what was happening like WWE. Versus yeah. when you go over to TNA, women are having steel cage matches, uh, hardcore matches. Like they're putting on matches over there, but people were more focused on uh, the women over in, in WWE. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, even even moving forward, when there were women, you know, who literally had no wrestling in ring ability at all whatsoever, but with the help of some of the other, you know, talent that was there, they were able to at least show them a little something, and you can see that they were trying to improve in in various different ways. But even in a sense, some fans were not were not they weren't connecting with it because it wasn't what they wanted. And then you move over to like you know companies like AEW recently you know sort of starting out and a lot of people were, were still you know sometimes have their moments of like oh we only got one women's match or there's no women on the card tonight blah blah you have to realize a lot of these people who are over in AEW who are fans they if you're not the women the woman wrestler that they care about then they don't give a damn about if they if if there's any other women's matches happening unless it's a person that they actually give a fuck about 
Yeah, definitely. Um, two things I want to... A lot of people don't give Impact enough credit with bringing re- women's wrestling to, like, the forefront. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't watch TNA a lot. I had a, uh, a co-worker of mine who was, like, obsessed with TNA. And he was like, yo, you yeah. gotta come check him out. I never did. But, you know, from the stuff that I saw in the early days of YouTube and stuff like that, like, yo, they really put women's matches on the map. Like, they give they gave women creative control of their matches and they entrusted mm-hmm. them to go out there and deliver. And I think it had, that gave WWE no choice but to elevate their own women's division. Because they were looking bad out here, you know? They were looking terrible yeah. out here. Like, TNA was putting them to shame <laughs> with women's wrestling. And they was like, nah, we can't have that. And, you know, they had to step their game up. But also, to touch mm-hmm. base on AEW, uh, a lot of the AEW fans, it's, it's kind of confusing because mm-hmm. I hear stardom is supposed to be like the best women's wrestling in the world. But so the same yeah. the same people that watch stardom also watch AEW. But when it comes to AEW women, mm-hmm. they don't support them the same way they support the stardom wrestlers. You know, no, they don't. So not it's like, do you not like? It's just confusing. Like, you want women's wrestling, but you don't. Su- you watch women's wrestling for one company, but you won't support them in another company. So it's just, I don't understand. Because like, not who they want. I, 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 I don't not, understand. Not... I don't. So I like, know it's you... not. It's not who they. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it's, it's not who they want. Like. Like, of course, when they do bring some of the Spartan girls over to AW, everybody's happy and cheering. But as soon as they disappear and they go away for a while, they they just don't, they don't care. Unless it's somebody that they actually like. Yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy. I know before you said you couldn't um, give me one, the, your best rest, memory of women's wrestling. So I had, my next question was for you was, your best, like, what do you consider as the best women's wrestling match? So since you couldn't give me one, I'm going to have to change my answer and ask you, what are your top three favorite <laughs> women's wrestling matches? Top three favorite women's wrestling matches? It could be from any company. What? Hmm. Let's see. So, I would say um, the match so I don't, don't want to be. So I'll say, okay. So I'll say, Bailey and Bianca in the Hell in the Cell match. I think that was twenty. I think it was twenty twenty when that happened. I want to say maybe twenty 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 one when it happened. Um, another one would have to be. Um, I want to say. Hmm. I want to say that my other one would definitely be like um, Awesome Kong and uh, Gail Kim for the Knockout um, World Championship. I think that was like 2000 and like 24 when that happened. Uh, Wait, you said 2000. And then one that- you said 2024. No, like 2000 and I think it was right that time. I can't necessarily say, but like, because I know Gail Kim was like, she didn't come over to like TNA until like what, maybe 08, something like that. I can't necessarily remember the time frame, but I know it took place uh, in TNA with those two for Gail Kim and Awesome Kong. And, uh, what's, and then, what's your third? My third one? 
would be, well, it wouldn't necessarily involve like two women. So for me, it will probably be like China and Chris Jericho mm. because the aspect of intergender wrestling. Like I, I live for seeing uh, the men and women being able to get involved in matches and stuff like that, like with Masha and like Speedball. You know, they had phenomenal matches with each other, too. So, like, intergender matches would be, like, another thing that's, like, big to me as well. Um, so, like, China and, like, Chris Jericho, definitely. All right. So, I'm going to make this one a lot easier for you as well. So, who are your top mm-hmm. five women wrestlers of all time? Top five. Uh, so, of course, Bianca is definitely up there for me. Um, I'm going to say... Lita is one for me. She's up there too. I'm going to say another person is like Masha Slamovich. She's like absolutely amazing inside of the ring. Um, Mayu, uh, Miyu Yamashita is one. And I'm going to say Starlight Kid. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who the last two are. So, uh, what what companies <laughs> are they like, from? <laughs> where are they from? Like they're companies. <laughs> they're over. They're over in Stardom. All right, all right. Thank you for clarifying that because I'm like, who? I was lost. I was lost. Like, you had me at <laughs> Bianca and and even who you said from TNA Impact. Um, I said so. It was Bianca. It was Lita, and yeah. I said Masha Slamovich. All right, see, that's what you, that's what I got lost after that. All right, <laughs> all right. So um, I don't know if it's like the new regime now in WWE. Um, I feel like women's mm-hmm. wrestling has kind of taken like the momentum has kind of slowed down a bit. Um, is yeah, like, like maybe like like unlike two three years ago it was like a lot. Of, no, two three years ago was pandemic. So I would say maybe like five years ago. It was like a big hype behind women's wrestling. And I think in the last year mm-hmm. or two, it kind of like died down. What would you do if he was in charge? Like, what would you do to improve it again and to like get it back on track? I mean, I don't, no disrespect to the women wrestlers wrestling now, but I feel like yeah. a few years ago, it was, it had a lot of momentum. It was catching a lot of steam. And all of a sudden, it just kind of like went flat. Hmm. More so, like I would do, I would, I would want the women to at least have some creative control. Like I would want to have at least some women writers inside of the room that are that that know what how women act or how women speak. Let's start there, especially when it comes to black women. In a sense, like I know everybody likes to throw out the whole stereotypical of like you know black women who gets mad or angry that equals ghetto or ratchet or things like that. And not all not all black women represent that at all whatsoever. We always talk about representation, things like that too. So like I definitely would like I wanna have a creative team of women who understand women. Not understand that, you know, like there's men that may, you know, you may have like your degree or like you may have some experience with writing for television shows or things like that. But I feel like if you are not in tune with women then how are you going to know what a woman is like or what, what a woman would say if they're in an argument with someone? You know what I'm saying? I would like to have, I, I just want, I would want more women to be involved. And I would want the women wrestlers to, you know, pitch some creative ideas as well and let's try it out and see how it goes. 
I feel like they don't allow the women to try to be creative or try to give an input or pitch things in because if they do, they're going to say, mm, no, I don't like it. And I feel like at the time when people were like, give women a chance, give women a chance, give divas a chance, things like that, fans need to be in that element as well again because obviously they did listen to the fans at one point and then it died down because it seemed like okay well they gave you what you wanted and then now it's like okay well now they gave us what I wanted we can shut up no you should never shut up yeah. you should always want more for the women no matter no matter if they give it to you they give it to you and then you y'all go quiet then they know that you're comfortable because you're not seeing anything the women wrestlers can only do so much, but if we, if if fans, you know, put that energy back into that, the, the amount of energy that y'all put into, you know, complaining about some of these things, put that energy back into what you want to see for the women. Because sometimes they do listen. Sometimes we they do, you know, give us something that they may have seen on social media. And it's more so the fact that I don't know if they're they are pitching things like some of the writers could be pitching things and they're just like no we're not going to go with that and a lot of times it's like well those who are in charge of creative are not listening to those who are trying to create something facts i, I totally agree with that um i did you know I, I i heard you mention having more women in creative and um i i, I agree um but to ask you this question would you prefer wrestling mm-hmm. fans to be part of wrestling creative writing or you would prefer Hollywood people who write for Hollywood to to be producers and writers for the show like what do you prefer wrestling fans be the writers or Hollywood be the writers I would it would be cliche to have like of course those who write for Hollywood like let's just say that if we have well cause like fans fans create and write stories all the time right and sometimes Sometimes the stories that fans do write are really good, and then sometimes they just they're just talking out their ass sometimes. And so I feel like you could have those those who write for Hollywood, but also if you're gonna anybody who writes for Hollywood, you have to you have to at least get some type of creative formula for something that you've seen. You can't just write something off the top of your head and be like, "Ooh, I think this is good." You have you have to get your creativity from something. Whether it's something that you may have read online, but you may have written it up a little bit better to Hollywoodify it or whatever. I know there's not a word, but you know, to Hollywood it up, you know, that you may have taken from a fan or something. So I feel like if we have those people who are, I guess, those who are like Hollywood writers or whatever, you get your inspiration from what you may have seen fans have written. And then you put your own spin on it, and then I feel like it could go somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, not trying to defend like the creative side of things and uh, mm-hmm. delivering to what the fans want, but I feel like with wrestling, it's really difficult to give everybody what they want because in wrestling, everybody wants something different from the next wrestling fan. Right. Um, I feel like I feel this in my bone. Like majority of Twitter and Instagram they don't really make up a lot of wrestling fans in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's like a small percentage of us in Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> the IWC is a small percentage of us <laughs> that, are, that make up that whole pie for, like, actual wrestling fans. So it's like they're trying to appease everybody. They're trying to please everybody. Um, 
and trying to get everybody's ideas in, and it's just it's just too much of a brand, like a broad audience to please everyone. So I guess it's like, you know, yeah, we want to please a hardcore fan, but you're going to have to wait so we can please a casual fan. Or we want to please a casual fan, but we got to also, you know, please a committed fan who's been here with us for like 30 years. So I think it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to appease everybody. Um, I would prefer Hollywood writing for wrestling only because like as a wrestling fan, if I go into creative, I'm going to be biased towards my favorite wrestler. So I'm going to go in there. I'm just going to be like, yo, give Roman all the belts. <laughs> give Roman all the TV time. And, you know, and everybody else, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like with Hollywood, like, right. they may not know a lot about wrestling, but I think they'll be able to um, equally distribute, like, ideas to each wrestler back there, if that makes sense. Because, you know, they have yeah. they have no attachment to these wrestlers besides, like, yo, my job is to write for them and to come up with good segments. So that's just my opinion. Um, but... But I still think you need to know a little something about wrestling at least yeah. to at least the gist of it, not just go off of assumption. You know, you need to at least know something in order to be able to allow your creativity to flow within that. True. Well, we did have, uh, what was this guy, uh, Freddie Prince, who's a big wrestling fan and also a writer. And, yeah. you know, I... I don't know a lot of the stuff he he pitched was bad and then some of it was good and now he's not working there no more mm-hmm. so you know we'll, we'll see man you know everything's changing i think wrestling is a lot of people say they want wrestling to go back to what it was but i think wrestling is mm-hmm. right now wrestling is as big as it was before a lot of people might disagree with that um but I feel like, yo, wrestling now has crossed over to ESPN. It's crossed over, like, I think last year, two years ago, they had wrestlers at Rolling Loud. Um, you know, you got mm-hmm. rappers coming on TV, more representing wrestling, wrestling wearing wrestling shirts out in public. Uh, so I feel like a lot of these, I think it's bigger than what, what it was before. Like, whatever be attitude ever, I think it's there. Mm-hmm. I think it's there. It depends on how you look at it. I think it's there. Like, I can walk down the street. Like, yesterday I was at... um. I was having dinner and, you know, and I saw a guy wearing a Stone Cold shirt and then I saw another person wearing a Sami Zayn shirt. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you know, like, it's insane. Right. So I think it's there. It just depends how you look at it. Like, it's like you, I go on YouTube and you got Complex doing sneaker, you know, stuff with like Shane McMahon or Roman Reigns or like the Young Bucks and stuff like that. Things that weren't, yeah. weren't there for like 10, 15 years ago. So, I mean, you know. It is what it is. I feel like it's it's bigger than what it was during the Attitude Era. Like you know, they're on Jimmy Kimmel, they're on the news, they're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, Cardi B's a big wrestling fan. Um, Meg The Stallion, like it's there. It's just people don't want to see it that way. You know, they don't. Yeah, but I think that's good though. I mean, because it, it does help a lot. Like, but it, it's more so about how it's executed as well, though. That. That that also plays a big part too, though, because even when they did go to Rolling Loud, yeah, it was a great moment, but half of those people out there didn't even know who they were. So you would have picked somebody different to be there. Like honestly, truly, they're at a Rolling like at Rolling Loud. Like I don't, they didn't. I don't like. I would have probably like they could have got like maybe like 
a John Cena or something, or like they could have got the Raw. They could have got like they're like some of those people they that don't watch wrestling today. They were they're gonna be or already probably looking like okay, well who who are these people? I don't know who they are. I didn't, I didn't come here to watch a wrestling match happen in front of me while I'm trying to smoke my weed or whatever and stuff like that. Like I don't even know who these people are. Like we just we're, is this a brief intermission? Like what what is happening? You know, from from looking at the crowd itself and watching it, it looked like people were just like, I don't, I'm, I don't even know what's happening right now. All right, so I, I, you I, know? I could see that. So it was just they chose the wrong crew to be there. They could have chosen somebody else. You're saying? I, I, it could have been actually like they could have. I'm pretty sure they, they could have done the Usos. Like I'm, I'm sure they were like they. Some people would be like, oh, I know who the Usos are, or something like that. They could have did like the Usos. They could have did like I don't know, like RVD or something. Oh, like yeah, it's, it's more so like it's like a lot of nostalgic things going on, especially when you moving, you going over to like Rolling Loud. Wise. A lot of people that's in that crowd are not wrestling fans. Yeah, are I see not. What you're and so like, let's um, it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so like it, it could be like that too, but also in in another sense of like, or them going to like you know Jimmy Killen and you know those different Jimmy Fallon those type of shows like that. That's also great because they are they are superstars, you know, saying so they're doing their media runs stuff like that, and you know even if they don't even know who they are anything or or nothing like that at all. Like if I look at like Tamron Hall now. I didn't even think she knew anything that dealt with wrestlers or wrestling in general, but she's had plethora of wrestlers who are active still on her show. But she is more so like on how we look at like reality TV wise. So mm. like Mandy Rose being on there, Carmella and Corey Graves being on there from like Bianca and Montez been on like Wild and Out, and like Sasha been on Wild and Out back in the day. Naomi and Uso been on Wild and Out. Like there's been a plethora of times where these wrestlers have, you know, been on a lot of these like mainstream type shows. Um, people pull up to support. Some people know who they are. Some people do not. But in the sense that does help that mainstream side be connected with um, the wrestlers, the new generation of wrestlers that are coming out today. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the Rolling Loud crowd were wrestling fans at one point and kind of just moved away from it. But the people yeah. at Rolling Loud were the nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds that grew up on like RVD and and Jeff Hardy. So right. I feel like <laughs> Jeff Hardy would have been more well received at Rolling Loud mm-hmm. just because a lot of people in that crowd used to watch wrestling yep. when they were younger. So yeah, RVD, yeah, Jeff Hardy, maybe Lita, you know, mm-hmm. anybody from like the Ruthless Aggression era. They would have been like, oh, yeah, I remember I used to watch him as a kid. But, you know, I guess right. they were trying to do something different, you know. I mean, yeah, it, it, that didn't click well. That didn't click well at all. No, it was cool for the most part. But other than that, no, I don't think they're, I don't think they'll ever go back. <laughs> Probably not. So um, I don't watch AEW a lot. Yeah, yeah, my whole gimmick is making fun of them. Uh, I don't watch <laughs> them. I don't. Yeah. I, I see them in clips and. You know, and to mm-hmm. set the record straight is more. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll cover this some other time. But to set the record straight, I don't watch <laughs> AEW, and I really don't watch WWE at times. Like, and I say this all the time. Like, I what I watch is clips that I see on Instagram, and I will tune in for like the PLEs and the big shows like WrestleMania, Royal right. Rumble, and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully you watch AEW because I'm going to ask you this next question in relation to AEW. 
what can AEW do to improve their women's division? Because honestly, the, the shit that mm-hmm. I see on Twitter and Instagram, it's like, it's not there. Like, it's not clicking. Like, I seen a clip with Soraya. Fuck that. I'm gonna call, what's, what was mm-hmm. the old name? What, what did she go by? Uh, Paige. All right, I'm going to call her Paige. Paige. <laughs> I saw Paige and, and Adam Cole's wife going at it, and it was just like, yo, what the fuck is this? So what would you mm-hmm. do? Like, we already heard you say what would you improve in WWE. What would you improve on the AEW side of women? Uh, for AEW side, uh, more so a performance center for them. A lot of those girls over there um, are are not the best wrestlers. Some of them are great talkers. Some of them are, some of them, it's like some of them have one or the other. It's not like mm. they have actually both. Like, some of them are great talkers, not the best in the ring. But then you have some who are, like, go crazy inside the ring. But then they're shitty, talk- they're shitty talkers. They just don't cross over with the crowd or whatever. And so when you think of, like, when I know a lot of people, you know, talk about, like, okay, Britt Baker and, like, the Soraya, uh situation that happened uh, this past Wednesday, like, last Wednesday. With Soraya coming back from her neck injury, like, years 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 later getting back into the ring i still feel like she's uncomfortable she she doesn't feel comfortable she's just out there just doing something and it's definitely showcasing a lot on screen because the uh, women who do get in the ring with her are trying to be careful with not hurting her because she is not even i don't think she was ready or truly ready to even be back in the ring i just think she was trying to do something real quick mm. but in regards to just the women division in general wise there the storylines and the wrestling could be better. They need a performance center. They need they need they need better trainers or just trainers there as well. Um, and they also they they really need to implement a lot of what WWE has done with having a performance center, having promo skill training classes and things like that in order to you know make people believe that they should care that AEW has a women's division. You know. So, I feel like they should do that. So you think them signing every woman that is a free agent is going to help the division, or should they, or should they just kind of like focus on who they have and just build from there? Because they're signing all these women, and it's they not need- really helping the division. Like for every woman they sign, women that were already there before are taking a seat back. So I'm like, yeah, they they don't need to sign any more women. Like there is a time where they like. Picking up all of these free agents just for half of them to not even be seen anymore, just to be forgotten, just because you're trying to create a moment, it doesn't help at all whatsoever. You're you can if you don't, you're taking you know opportunities and attention away from the women that you have already. When we normally just see kind of like the same women on TV every week now, even though I know they kind of have ROH and they send some of the women down to ROH or even when they had Dark, Dark, they had a plethora of women who were signed to AW or were just wrestling over there. And that was an opportunity to kind of allow them to build up their record and stuff like that too, though. But signing all of these women, it, it didn't do anything because you're only going to keep showing the same women. You know, mm. it's only going to be the same women, especially when you don't have any any storylines for them. And I know a lot of people be like, oh, we got to give them slap because you we, everybody's in comparison that a, a 10 decade company versus something that a, 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 a company that started like three years ago. We still remember they're fairly new. 
you know, in the business and stuff like that, then why do y'all keep comparing the two then? Sounds like it sounds like why do y'all keep sounds like you letting off right now. Sounds like it's been on your mind for a minute. (laughs) Sounds like it's been on your mind for a minute. No, I was just saying it just it it bugs me because it's like everybody y'all talk shit about WE and then y'all talk shit about AEW and sometimes it ends up being the same outcome for a lot of things like y'all seem to say, Oh, well we should cut them because this is a company that's been around for such and such years and blah blah. The company that y'all have been a that's new and stuff like that is the one who's trying to put themselves in competition with a company that's been around for years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like I, I'm I'm in the middle. Of like I've, I've I, of course I've been a duty because that's that's what I grew up on. Of course, you know. And I, I've given AW a chance. I, I watch AW a lot. I have not. I don't watch AW for the women. I'm just gonna be honest because they're not giving me anything that makes me feel like I should really tune in to to what's happening yeah sometimes y'all give you know great matches a few between like britain and thunder britain thunder had a really really nice feud they had a great match with each other and things like that too or jay's streak or like her long reign and stuff like that i I love jay today i am a fan of jay but there was a lot of times y'all was signing people over here and y'all was letting her run through them Mm. just for her to lose just for the lose, just like that, the Chris Atlanta. I've been uh, AEW's been around what four or five years, and I always tell myself, "Yo, I'm gonna watch a match one day. I'm gonna watch a whole show. I'm gonna <laughs> try." You know, um, I just based off what I see like on on the socials and stuff like that. Um, I know Jade because I've seen her on TV and and stuff like that and clips. And I think Jade yeah. Jade has like she's like the whole package. Like she's got the look mm-hmm. she's got the character and i just like you said earlier like sometimes they got they've got one and then they're missing the other so mm-hmm. i think jade is one of those who's who's got the look and the character down pat but she's just missing like she just like the clips that i've seen she seems a little too stiff in the ring i just think she needs to mm-hmm. like have more confidence that she's dope and she could pull off a few things because when she gets to that level, like yo, she'll be unstoppable. Um, and she I hope, would. And I hope they have big plans for her, man, because you know she lost this title. I think she was what like a hundred and one, and she lost. I don't, I don't know the the stat. Um, well, she had made it to like five hundred days, and oh. she was like basically sixty and zero until Chris Stellander came back. All right, so hopefully they got something planned for her because I think that was one of the like the key drawing power to her was her being undefeated for so long and stuff like that. So yeah. hopefully they don't they don't fumble her bag and you know she gets back to where she belongs because she's dope. Um, yeah. So on the women's subject, so for a long period of time, fans been fantasy booking the bloodline, right? And mm-hmm. they've been kind of like, oh, Naomi should join the bloodline. Based off the fact that she's one of the Usos' wife, she's Jay's Uso or Jimmy's wife. It's Jimmy. Jimmy, right? And then you know, and she left. So, like, does the bloodline need a female in the stable? Because they have Tamina. Tamina's actually family. I don't think she's blood related, yeah. but she's family. So, if they would have added somebody by now, I think it would have been Tamina and Naomi. So, do you think that they need to add some a female to that stable, or just leave it as is? I think right now with the with the bloodline, um, 
they are in the midst of dealing with their own shit that they have going on. I think in the beginning stages, Naomi would have been a great part from what the beginning of this story was like when they the whole bloodline came together. Mm-hmm. But of course, when she left, you know, things change. And I thought maybe eventually they would have had like Tamina join or something because I mean, Tamina is family, you know, so I thought maybe she would have, you know, been implemented somehow some way with that too. But that hasn't seemed to happen. And even with like Nia Jack though, like I know like Nia, she's still lingering around even though she came back at the Royal Rumble. But I thought like maybe Nia Jax and Tamina could go off and be a part of the bloodline. Then they go win a tag champions and all the whole this was when the time when the whole bloodline was like all holding champions before Solo even got there. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel like now if they if they wanted to bring a woman in I feel like it could be Tamina because Tamina could be that middle, that middle person. She could be the one to be like, like the way that how it went last night for uh, Friday Night SmackDown, like the way it looks now is very split. The Usos are kind of on this side and then Roman Solo and Paul on this side. And I think like if they wanted to bring in someone who has been looking at the story from the outside and actually watching everything that's happening, bring in Tamina. She has that motherly type love and feel where maybe she can knock some sense into their heads. You know, maybe she can knock some sense into their heads to make them feel like what y'all doing is stupid. At the end of the day, we are family. You cannot do this to each other. What is wrong with you? Like, things like that, if they wanted to do that, that's only if they want to do it. I feel like right now would be the perfect time for Tamina to be brought in, but that's only if if they actually have plans to implement her into this storyline yeah. if you can bring in sammy Zayn, you can bring in tamina yeah i don't think she needs to be a member because she's family right so no. she can come in like you said she's got the motherly instinct and you know she's got like the female intuition she can come in and say yo this is wrong like she don't have to be a part of it she don't have to wrestle just have yeah. her like come in and just say yo we're family what y'all doing what y'all fighting set eagles aside and blah 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 and just to add another element to that i would even go as far as maybe right. even because The Rock's mom be at all these shows, right? Like, she'd be at the big shows. Mm-hmm. Like, even have her be, like, yeah. try to be a mediator and all this. And, then, you know, well, yeah, I think we're giving out way too many free ideas to them. But I would have Tamina yeah. or even <laughs> Rock's mom be like, yo, we're family. This is not what we do in Samoa. This is not how we treat each other. We're family. And they can do a lot. But I, I also feel like... I also feel like if they did use the rock mom and then what if Roman gets disrespectful with the rock mother, then boom, now this would be a way to bring the rock in. So now we got more, we got more things being added into the bloodline in a sense. Yep. So how do you think it ends with the bloodline? Like, (laughs) like that's, everyone's like trying to figure it out. And every time you think you got it, (laughs) the fuck it changes. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this ends with the bloodline? I don't care how it ends. I just want it to be over, honestly. You tired uh, Anybody, like, anybody who watches, like, Friday Night SmackDown shows, have, like, from from this has started, will know how I feel about Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. Like, I, I am so, I, like I said at the beginning of this year, this Bloodline shit is coming to an end. I don't care how it ends. It's coming to an end. So, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. so y'all know. So, hold on. Let's go back. <laughs> Because I don't tolerate any Roman <laughs> slander on 
the show. Oh, I, you one of them? Yeah, I, my wife hit me. I don't know if you heard the oh, episode okay. where she was going off on Roman. I didn't like it. I didn't speak to her after the show was over. I do not tolerate any <laughs> Roman hate. I don't care if you know if it's my wife. I don't care if it's Roman's own child. I don't tolerate it. I don't like hearing it. So let's stop. Because Roman is the travel chief. I'm not going to slander him. Or, now, here's the thing, right? I don't, like, I want people to know that I do not hate Roman Reigns. I do not hate him. I don't. The storyline makes me hate him. The storyline makes me upset. The storyline makes me like, well, you know what? You keep acting as if, like, you've done all this, all this, all this by yourself. You're the tribal chief. You've you given yourself that name. You have cowered people down to thinking that you're really, you know, this new level or new era of Roman Reigns. And you're the greatest of all time type situation. You are not the GOAT. You're only, you're only prevalent. I'm, I'm like, I'm just saying, like, you're only prevalent because of the storyline and the people that have been involved in the storyline that continues to make this shit bigger and better every time you guys get on the screen. You guys are bringing in the views. Each and every time you come on the screen, you are bringing in the views. So when this does, when this ends, I don't know how people are going to take it. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to probably start watching WWE. I'm going to stop. I'm, gonna, I'm like, Roman is not the champion anymore. This comes to an end. Jay Uso is going to be a one to to defeat Roman and this is it, this is it type situation. But I feel like what I can say is that it is very entertaining. The storyline is watching Roman wrestle, not so much. Oh my God. So you're saying he's <laughs> not a, he's, he's all right. He's not a technical wrestler. I don't think his character calls for that. He's, he's, he's a brawler, right? He goes in there like with the whole intention of just winning. I don't think he's there to show off mm-hmm. and and win over the crowd with any of his moves. He's just there to if it ain't if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? He wins all his matches. Yeah, he's a great seller. Huh? He's a great seller. He knows how to sell something. You know what I'm saying? He's very great. You know, he's I feel like I feel like the evolution of Roman has has grown and showcased a lot. I will say like watching him go from, you know, being like the the person that people could give a fuck about in the shield to being stepping out into his own, being a big dog, and then you know people booed him there because he couldn't talk for shit. He he was one who who had one or the other. He was, and now he's back to having almost one or the other. Like sitting through a a Roman Reigns match now wise. Sometimes it's just like the people, the person who he's facing makes it more entertaining or the moments of when the story continues to have the Usos be involved to help him keep his title or solo help him keep his title is what continues to make this, make him, you know, you guys travel chief or him more prevalent or more relevant within the story. Because even when he wasn't there, the story was still going on. And it's just like, do we really even need him a part of the story? To be honest, just saying, but no, just, 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 just saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, listen, I'm going to let you rock because you're a guest My on the show. My bad for the Roman slander. I yeah. know how y'all be about y'all tribal chief. Put your ones in the air. Yeah, it's you been know. going on for five minutes, and for five minutes I've been sitting here tapping my feet on the floor. <laughs> so, listen, <laughs> you're a guest of the show, so I'm going to let you rock, but... Anyways, on from the Roman <laughs> slander. Oh, and before we finish this Roman slander... 
Roman, <laughs> when he was with the Shield, everyone knew he was gonna be the star. Just to just to clarify that, like the moment he came through with the Shield, we all knew he was a star. He was gonna be the star. Anyways, anyway. I don't know what I was there because yeah, yeah, Seth is like right there. Seth is there, but we all knew Roman was a star. We, yeah, we Seth all knew is it. there. And- has always been better and Seth's character has evolved too over the years as well and and I mean y'all may be putting y'all ones in the air but those O's are louder than the ones and the sound that y'all make for Roman but I'm just saying though but like you said no more Roman slender I, I'm, I'm gonna chill out thank you appreciate that <laughs> alright so I ask every guest on this show this question right answer mm-hmm. however you want to what is real okay. wrestling? I see it everywhere. I hear about it. I read it on Twitter. I see it in the comment sections of blogs mm. and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. What is real wrestling to you? Real wrestling to me, I feel like it's all about the experience. It's all about how how maybe that match made you feel or how that moment made you feel. It's like you feel like you're so connected and so invested that you it's something that you're so focused on that you can't even take your eyes off of. That's when, you know, like, even, even you know, of course, you know, storyline shit is fake or whatever, but the moment, the moment that those stories, like, start to feel real, especially when you're using, like, real family members or realistic things that are happening in people's lives and stuff like that. I feel like the experiences, the moments, the the cries, the tears, the happiness, the sadness, anything with the mold that wrestling has, I feel like is what makes it real. Like, oh, my God, I am happy that this person has been dethroned or something like that. Or I'm happy that this person is finally getting their opportunity to, you know, live out their dreams or finally achieve a goal or something. Like it it feels real in that moment when you can see real tears and and like celebration and and like happiness and and like those pops and moments when your fave comes back and things like that. Like, wow, this is, this is like, this is truly real. Like, this is something that's, like, surreal. Like, this is happening right now. So, hmm. that's how I feel like wrestling is real for me. Like, so, wrestling... Oh, my you, God. I got cheated. <laughs> so, real wrestling for you isn't the moves, uh, the pace of the match. It isn't the reign of the champion. It's technically the emotions that can get out of you, right? You want to yeah. feel what they're giving you on TV. So, that's what you consider real wrestling. Right. Gotcha. That's a... Yeah. It's a really interesting answer. I, I can agree to that. <laughs> I can agree to that. So, you know, we'll be wrapping up in a few minutes. There's a few other questions I want to ask you. Um, so yeah. you interact with a lot of wrestlers, right? Like I've seen pictures mm-hmm. of you with Carmelo. Uh, I think you were at the <laughs> Wale Mania too as well. Yeah, I was at Wale Mania last year for oh. WrestleMania in Dallas. So like share some of your experiences hanging out with wrestlers. I don't want to talk about my experiences because I always do, but I also love hearing <laughs> everyone else's experiences when they get to hang out with wrestlers. Like, so just give me a few. Um, so 
I I would say my my first experience like actually hanging out or like being in the the aura of other wrestlers was for WrestleMania last year. I went to, that was my first time going to WrestleMania, going to a WrestleMania weekend, going to Wally Mania, all of that stuff. So in the midst of like being there, everybody is like so down to earth or whatever. Like even with the picture with me and, and Carmelo, um, I didn't think it was going to happen. He was the only person that I took a photo with all night. Like all, like I went with a group of friends. Everybody was taking pictures of people that they saw and stuff like that. And I was just kind of, I was more so taking pictures of those who were on the stage because I was in a photo pit. Um, so I was, you know, taking pictures of like Montez Ford, so Street Profits, like Omar. Hold my, on a second. So okay. were you there like, as a yes. media personality or you were just there like, as a fan and you bought a ticket? Uh, so first it started out me actually buying a ticket as a fan mm. and then they sent me like an invite to do like photos um, as like being a part of like, you know, the media for like Live Nation wise because of course it was done through Live, Na- Live Nation. So I got approved to do media there for Wallet Mania. This was like after like, I want to say maybe a month before Wallet Mania was actually like happening for WrestleMania. Like I had did, I, we had got our tickets like when they first announced the tickets for or were dropping or whatever that's when we got out it was like probably november or something and then like come like the beginning of march or whatever is when they sent out like press stuff for uh wally mania and i was like i wonder if i do this will i like get approved or something and i did so not only did i already have a ticket to go to wally mania i also because we had like a booth was like in the vip section all this stuff there and then like getting the photo pit of press pass was like okay well you know what y'all my friends you guys enjoy yourself up there i'm gonna be down in the photo pit because this is my this is a big experience for me and i wanted to i wanted this is my actually my first time actually taking pictures of wrestlers and i wanted to get that full experience of being a photo pit amongst other people who were there but either taking pictures or doing photos and stuff like that like i i had that experience so i i was it was it was like in the photo pit. It was okay. I was doing media, but outside the photo pit, I was a fan. Hmm, okay. Well, I've never been to uh, Wally Mania. Hopefully, one day I'll be able to cross that off my bucket list. But how does that work? Yeah. So, is it like a concert? Is it like a convention? Is it like a autograph signing or like? So, if you was if you would you bought tickets as a fan, so would you had as a fan, would you have had the same experience that you had? inside yeah. a photo area like a wrestler just randomly walking around and you can just kind of like stop them and talk to them and then take a picture or is it like that experience is only for people in media well so so like for wally mania like i was i was new to it for last year um it's like it's like a panel concert like event all in one basically there's no there's no autograph signings or anything like that there are wrestlers that are walking around so like where we were was at the house of blues in dallas so there was like a lower level and like a um a balcony area and like i said we have vip so we had our own booth and everything and a lot of the wrestlers after they came from being on stage of course you know doing what they had to do down there they will come upstairs where the bar was and um they would, you know, they'll be, you know, of course, you know, hanging out, talking to other people. They'll be from AWWE, you know, Impact, 
it was like all promotions that was there during that week were at Wale Mania, and it's and it's definitely for Wale I Mania. It's more like something like more like a black event, of course, like because they have majority of the the wrestlers that come out there are black. There are some who are white or Hispanic, you know, however they choose to identify as ethnicity wise, but our race, whatever. Um, but they were all there, and then like when you when they're kind of done with they're doing, they kind of come upstairs, hang out. Like you can walk up to a wrestler, say hey. I'm a big fan of you. I would love to take a photo. They just say yes or no, and, and it goes from there, basically. But it's like a big, it's like music is playing, so you're amongst other, not only other, you know, wrestling fans, but like those who are wrestling personalities as well um, that are a part of the, you know, IWC or just regular folks who are just going out here to have a good time just because it's Wale being there. That's that's cool. Um, and also it just goes into to how much wrestling fans don't see how that something like Wally Mania brings in wrestlers from all companies under the same roof. So mm-hmm. it kind of kills the notion yeah. that wrestlers from this company dislike wrestlers from other companies. Uh, right. and, they, and no one focuses on that because they literally are in the same roof, mm-hmm. having a good time, drinking, chilling, yeah. shooting the breeze, and no one focuses on yeah. that. So it's just it's crazy that this is happening and it doesn't get enough attention because <laughs> they make it seem like wrestlers from this company don't like this company and it's just dude they're right in front of you having a good time and you can't see that it's it's, it's, it's nuts <laughs> it's crazy like Samoa Joe I know he goes every year and he performs that Jay Z song on stage he did it when he was mm-hmm. with WWE and then he came back and did it when he was at AEW and then you got guys mm-hmm. like the New Day walking around. And then you got Ricky Starks walking around, and then you got Melo walking around, mm-hmm. you got Jay walking around, you got the Usos chilling. So it's like, yo, it's all love. Yeah. There's no hate between these guys. It's just shit that you guys make up to yeah. further this war, this imaginary war you guys have. So it's crazy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we're never in New York. I think Philly gets WrestleMania next year. Philly's. <laughs> So it should be crazy if he does Wallet Mania Philly. I'm going to try to be there, you know. Um, I'm going to be there as a fan. I don't got the media credentials to be there as a media personality, but <laughs> I'm going to definitely go as a fan. I'm going to def- definitely drop your name and be like, yo, I know such and such. Let me through. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, listen, I'm going to be there for WrestleMania in Philly next year. So, yeah, you, are you there? Yeah. Bring you out to the to the booth and everything hang out with us yeah definitely man there's a lot of other there's a lot of people i want to meet you know i'm not sure if you know justin from wrestling classic um yeah i know justin yeah i want to meet justin um you know sir wilkins and the whole job of ts yeah they're super dope you know um sir wilkins was my last guest on the on the show and you know i i he's yo he's he's an, he's a fucking awesome dude man and Philly, man, I think yeah. it's gonna be the I, Philly's gonna probably be the event that makes me come out of hiding. I'm gonna wear my mask anyways, but it's gonna make <laughs> me come out of hiding. Like, I don't, I don't try to be in places. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I told Sir Wilkins that he had a, um, he had a job at joint and at the bar in Manhattan, and I went. Mm-hmm. I went over there. I didn't even tell him I was there. I was just there chilling. Like, I didn't want no attention on me. I didn't want nothing. I sat there. I drank some beers. I watched the show that was out. And then I hit him up, like, a couple of days later. Like, yo, that was a great show. He's like, you was here? I was like, yeah, I was here. He's like, the fuck you ain't tell me for? I'm like, nah, man. I don't I don't want that kind of attention. But, you, you know, know. You're trying to be and everything. Yeah, nah. It's just, it's just, 
nah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm understanding yeah. now, like, my presence, if, if I want to further my brand, my presence needs mm -hmm. to be seen, not only heard. So, right. So, it's just me making a decision where I want to come out and be seen. And, you know, because there's only so much I can do from, like, behind the keyboard, you know, behind the phone. Um, if the people see me, then they'll respect me more. And I'm pretty sure, like, my brand will go even further. Um, I don't know, mm -hmm. man. I got to sleep on that. But, yeah, I'll be out there in Philly. Hopefully, I get some con tickets. <laughs> you know, I'll probably show up and won't tell nobody I'm there either until after the show's over. But uh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. That's, like, I haven't been to WrestleMania since um, the one they did in Jersey, which was, like, in 2017, 18. Something like that. But, yeah. And yeah, I, it, it's time for, uh, time for you to come out. Yeah, come out of hiding, right? Come out of hiding. Very much so. Yeah, I think the only people that I've ever seen me, I think Sir Wilkins, he, uh, I met him once after a house show. Um, he was cool. You know, he's like, yo, I got to meet you. I'm like, nah, man. He's like, don't worry. <laughs> I ain't going to tell nobody who you are. I was like, all right, man. So I met him. We took a picture and all that. Of course, I hit my face. I think um, mm -hmm. uh, a couple other guys I did a podcast with in Long Island, they they bought me out. Uh, I think Baron Corbin saw my face when we met. Um, mm -hmm. EC three, of course. He he brought me out to his to his uh, his studio and everything. We was there for hours. So I don't know, man. I think Braun saw me. He met me. It's crazy, crazy. But maybe next year, you know, <laughs> if, if I go some balls, I'll be out there. But um, is any any you want to plug your page before we wrap this up? Um, you know, drop your page. You know, and uh, <laughs> tell the listeners your future plans and goals <clears throat> uh yeah so normally i tell people to google me uh but i'm not gonna do that here uh so you can follow me on instagram at holistic muse or follow me on twitter at just this is holistic one word um for women's wrestling talk you can um follow us on social media at wwt uh pod all that uh we talk pod uh that way or you can follow us on uh tiktok uh subscribe to our youtube channel women's wrestling talk uh we're working on a lot of new things we are getting a new website um a lot of revamping is happening with the brand uh really really soon so stay tuned for that um check out some of the interviews that we've done recently as well we do have an interview recently with jade uh, we have interviews with Trinity uh, over at Impact now, formerly known as Naomi. Um, yeah, check out some of our post shows, too, though. Check out some of the content. Um, I think the next time I will be going somewhere will be for Impact, Summer Sizzle, in Atlanta. Um, so if you see me, don't walk up on me. Just speak from a distance because I, I don't like when people walk up on me. It makes me nervous. And I might punch in your throat because you walked up on me. But other than that, yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. Uh, you go to SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, you, are you heading out to SummerSlam? Uh, it, it's up in the air right now. I, I gotta see. I gotta see if some specific people gonna be there. I was like, you know, of course, if if they move on with the agenda, with maybe having Bianca versus Charlotte. But I know that there's some, I guess, minor reports that maybe Bad Bunny could be at SummerSlam. I miss them in Puerto Rico, so I'm like, you know, maybe if if y'all wanted to bring Bad Bunny to SummerSlam, then maybe I, I'll show up. 
Wait, you was in Puerto Rico for Backlash? No, I, I missed it. I wasn't there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You said something about Puerto Rico. Like, I would love to have gone. Okay, okay. All right, well, don't believe the dirt sheets because as, as a famous <laughs> journalist says... Um, I don't. Uh, subject to change or whatever that quote he says. Uh, what is it? Plans change. Yeah. So don't believe the dirt yeah. sheets. Yeah, car starts to change. Oh no! I just wait till Dodie say something. Plans change. Hopefully, you know Bad Bunny will be there. Um, you ain't hear it from me, but there might be talks of him and Logan Paul in the match. I don't know. Oh god! It should be dope. Should be dope if it does go through with it. But they also have, you know what? That's too much. That's too much info right there. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. It was it was a wonderful time. Um, I know I said, what, 45 minutes is almost going on two hours. So yeah. it was great. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. 